Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Out of sight, out of mind. That is a uh, statement that we often use about forgetfulness, but I also want to submit to you this morning that that statement is also, or could be, a very severe spiritual condition, a dangerous spiritual condition. Growing up, I I used to hear this statement a lot. I don't hear it as much anymore, but let me see if maybe some of you kind of heard what I heard when I was growing up. I heard this statement. Did you hear this about church people, this statement right here? We're so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good, right? I am convinced that in this day and age, we have allowed ourselves to swing to the opposite end of the spectrum until now we have become so consumed by earthly things or by, by earthly things that we, we pay no attention to heavenly things. We don't even know that there's anything going on. So now what's taken place is we no longer, and, and pr- probably in a healthy way to some extent, we no longer see demons behind every bush. Remember when everything was the devil's fault, even the stuff we did ourselves. Yeah, the devil made me do it. No, you did it on your own. The devil didn't have nothing to do with it, right? So we'd see demons behind every bush, or here was the other one. Every hitchhiker was an angel, remember? So now what's taking place is we have uh, walked away from that extreme to now I'm concerned that what's taking place is now we only believe or think about or trust what we can see, what we can touch, what we can smell, uh, or what we can uh, 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 taste. It's like we've swung completely to the opposite end of the spectrum. So my question then is this. What if there's another dimension? What if there's unseen activity that we have so uh, lost sight of that now we live our lives as if it doesn't exist? What if there is a, another dimension out there? I want to assert to you this morning a truth that we need to recapture. Here it is in a nutshell. The whole thrust of this series for the next three weeks we're going to talk today and two more weeks we're going to talk about this. This is a, a truth, a fact that we need to embrace again as believers and that is this. Just because it's unseen, it does not mean that it's unreal. Unseen doesn't mean unreal. So so there's this other dimension. We need to reaffirm and embrace this truth. And we should know that it's true. We should know that there's another realm. We should know that there's uh, this activity going on around us. Because uh, all we have to do is read scripture. Did you know that from Genesis to Revelation, that if you read carefully, what you discover is that uh, there are at least 300 encounters detailed where the main characters encounter uh, either angels or spiritual forces outside our dimension. 300 separate encounters. Then I started thinking about it. I started going through the list. I was like, um, all the main characters that we talk about on uh, in uh, growing up, we'd see them on flannel board. Some of y'all don't know what flannel board is. Now on video, all these main characters that uh, we, we spend our time growing up and learning about in the Bible. I started thinking about them. Here are a few that I thought of that had encounters with a third dimension, with something outside of what we can, can naturally think about, uh, supernatural encounters. Here are just some of the ones. I thought about Adam and Eve, uh, Abraham, Lot, Jacob, Daniel, 
Mary and Joseph, Peter, John, Philip, Jesus. So then I started thinking about it. Maybe, maybe if you really go back and start looking, maybe it's, I'm not sure it's 100%, but it's pretty close. All the characters that we talk about had some encounter with this third dimension. And yet what we've done is we dismissed it as if it's not real. We should know that it's uh, true that the unseen doesn't mean that it's unreal because uh, Scripture very explicitly tells us that there's another dimension. In in Ephesians chapter 6, the writer says this to us. He says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Okay, stop for just a moment. If we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but he's saying we are fighting, then there's got to be another foe out there. There's got to be somebody else that we're fighting. And so then he tells us, he says, but we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. He says it right there. There's this unseen world that we Sometimes forget about. Then the writer implores us. He's, he's saying not, not only does he want us to recognize the unseen, but he wants, to, he wants us to go one step further and interact with the unseen. He wants us to combat the unseen. And later, if you read on down in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, he also says that he wants you to partner with the Holy Spirit in another dimension, praying for uh, your needs and for other people. There's this spiritual interaction, this third dimension that he wants us to encounter. So I want to strongly reassert the truth this morning and, and I want you to understand that there is a reality that we don't know about, that we don't, we're not as aware of as that we should be, as we should be. Because if, if we don't understand that truth, if we don't embrace that reality that there's an unseen world and there's constant activity going around us, uh, in, in, in this realm that we then what happens is if we don't embrace that truth then we live as if that realm doesn't exist and that's dangerous our our tendency is this our attention our attention gets focused into the natural and when we when uh when we focus all of our attention on the uh, natural then we pay no attention to the supernatural going on around us. The natural fights for our focus and simply, uh, we, if we become completely and entirely focused on the natural realm, then we are set up for defeat. We, we, we've got to have, we've got to come back to this place where we don't look for demons behind every bush and not every hitchhiker is an angel, but we are aware and we are tuned in to the fact that there is a spiritual existence, a realm going on around us and we must become aware of the enemies that are fighting against us in the supernatural and we must become aware of the the forces that are fighting for us in the supernatural. If we don't do that, then we will struggle. So what I want to do is this morning... I want to talk to you about what happens, what, what are the, what are the, uh, the um, fallout, the ramifications of not being able to see into the, the, next, the other world, the, the, the 3D realm that we, we have become so unfamiliar with. And then next week I want to come back and look at what the, the benefits are of being able to see. 
All right? So, so this morning, I want you to join me in this passage. This is where we're going to spend our time the next two weeks, uh, today and next week, uh, in this account because it illustrates for us these things. So join me in 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to read verses 13 through 23. Listen to what it says. Uh, now, we're talking about Elisha. So you're going to wonder who the he is when this starts, but just hang in there. It says, go, go find out where he is. The king ordered. Now he's looking for Elisha. So I can send men and capture him. And the the report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. And they went by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he, t- and he looked out, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Strike this army with blindness. And so he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. And Elisha told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. And they entered the city. Uh, and they entered the city. And Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. And then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked down. And there they were inside Samaria. And when the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, shall I kill them, my father? And shall I kill them? Do not kill them, and he answered. Would you kill those you have, who, you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. We have to be able to see. If we are unable to see, there are some things that happen to us that I want to mention to you. The first thing I want to say to you is this, is we must see the unseen because if we don't, surrounded can lead to surrender. I want to say that again. Listen, I want you to listen carefully this morning. Surrounded can lead us to surrender. I want you to notice what happens. Elisha's servant awakes and he goes outside and he looks up. And because of what he sees in the natural and because of what he does not see in the third dimension in this other world, because he lacks the ability to see, he is ready to surrender. Hey, Elisha, would you please wake up and come out here and look? Because all around us, everywhere I can see, there are armies and there are chariots and there are horses and there are soldiers. And we are doomed. So let's, let's get a white flag and send it up the flagpole and quit right now. Let's just surrender right now because we are entirely, completely surrounded. So I want to surrender. That's what happens. I wonder how many of us today, because of what we can see... And because of what we cannot see, have come to this place where we are ready to throw in the towel and surrender. Because we lack the ability and we have not uh, sharpened the, the, our, 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 our ability to discern and to recognize and to get glimpses into this other dimension, then because of our lack of sight, 
we have this tendency to feel surrounded. And so we want to quit. Sickness closes in on every side. Hopelessness tightens its grip. Uh, loneliness is becoming more restrictive. Lack begins to loom. And, and this impossible has, has, has us imprisoned. And we're surrounded. And we're encompassed. And we're enclosed. And it's hard, it's hard to, to breathe. And it's harder to believe. And we come to this place where we go, well, the only thing I can see is everything that's crushing me. These bills are crushing me. This craziness is crushing me. My family's crushing me. My, my sickness is crushing me. I see no way out and I can only see what's happening in the natural. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to quit. I'm going to give up. I'm going to throw in the towel. It's over. I give in. I surrender. But this morning, I just want to encourage you that you need to open your eyes. You need to see into the unseen because if you can see under the into the unseen, what you soon discover is this truth out of this passage, and that is this: what is surrounding you is surrounded. You need to understand that all of these pressures and all of these things that are crushing in on you, it may look like they're about to overtake you and you don't know where to turn. But in the, the other realm that you don't have the ability to always see in, you need to understand that there is the, these forces from our Father, we sing about it, he's, he's good to us. He's a good Father. He surrounds what surrounds us. If we could just see those for us are more than those who are against us. We have forgotten the truth of Romans chapter 8 verse 31. Which says this. If God is for us. Then who? Who can be against us? Come on. Somebody get this this morning. If God, We've forgotten the truth. So that now the natural becomes the only thing we see. And the forces are, are, are so great. That we, we want to give up. And we forget that Romans has already taught us. That although they may be strong. And although they may be vicious. The truth is, is that if God is for us. Then who? You fill in the who. Then blank. Who can be against us? Fill it in. Who can come against us? Who's stronger than our God? Who's mightier than our God? Who has more strength than our God? Who has more resources than our God? Who has more healing than our God? If He surrounds what surrounds us, then we can hang on. We can hold on. See, the, what takes place next is, is this, is that if we can't see, not only will we, we fail to recognize that uh, what surrounded us is surrounded, if we can't see, then our failure to focus can lead us to fear. I, go back to the story. Elisha's servant wakes up and he looks out and because he cannot see into the unseen, he, he goes, he, he makes this, he asks this question to Elisha. Hey bud, what shall we do? I know it reads funny because if I was surrounded by an army with like bazookas and, 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 and grenades and machine guns, I wouldn't go, hey, man, what are we going to do? I'd go, hey, what in the world? Hey, he's freaking out. It's too, it's, we've, it's too docile in, in script. I think he's freaking out. I think like he's, he's scared, shaken, doesn't know what to do. He's. What shall we do? He, he recognizes that they are boxed in. And so it leads him to panic and fret and ultimately to fear. So does he sound like us? These bills are going to bankrupt me. What am I going to do? These doubters are right. 
This pain is surely permanent. What am I going to do? My teenagers are driving me crazy. What am I going to do? My grown kids are, are, are about to cause me to lose my mind. My job is causing me to fret and to worry. And if we're not careful, our natural uh, focus causes us to miss the supernatural and we begin to fear. Elisha stops and he says, hang on just a minute, bro. Don't. Don't. Don't freak out. There's a bunch of ways we could say that. I was trying to think of some ways I could say it where I wouldn't offend you. But uh, hang on just a moment. Then he does this. He says, just wait. Don't freak out. Now let's, let me do this. Pray. And he stops long enough to pray. And he asks God. He says, God, open up his eyes. Sometimes... If we would learn that you've got to close your eyes to have them opened. To stop long enough and to go back and to pray so that our eyes are opened up so that we don't let fear win. That's what I want us to do today. That's what we're going to do at the end of service here in just a few moments. We're going to stop and we're going to pray and we're going to say, God, open my eyes. Let me see past all this stuff that's about to drive me nuts. Let me see past all the pain. Let me see past all the disappointment. Let me see past the craziness. Let me see past the impossibilities. Let me see into the other realm to recognize that I don't have to be afraid. Because you got me. Yeah. I think maybe this morning that if, if we're not careful, we become surrounded by fear because we don't see. And we have forgotten the truth of Psalm chapter 91. I'm going to read the whole chapter of Psalm 91. I want you this, this week, every time that you're about to freak out, every time that you're ready just to go nuts, every time somebody's about to, to cause you to panic, I want you to open up your phone or open up your Bible, uh, your, your, your actual Bible, and read Psalm 91. But I want you to read it differently. I want you to read it as a word to you. Listen to what he says. You who sit down in, in high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow, say this. Listen, here's, here's his instructions. Say this. God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. Oh, you missed it. You missed it. Come on now. He's saying every time you're about ready to freak out and I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills and I don't know how I'm going to make it through and I don't know how I'm going to get well and I don't know how, how, how all this is going to work out. I'm supposed, his instructions are this. We begin to talk to ourselves and we say, God is my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. Yes. Come on, somebody, somebody say that. See the disease, but say to the disease, I'm safe. I trust God. See, see the death, but you say to the death, I'm safe. I put my trust in God. See the challenge, but you speak to it and say, I'm safe. I put my trust in God. And we begin to talk about God to ourselves. Then he goes on and he says this. He says, that's right. He rescues you from hidden traps. Shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all the harm. Listen to what he says. Fear nothing. This is in the Old Testament, so it's in Hebrew. Uh, it's kind of like the Greek word for all in the New Testament that we've talked about on multiple occasions. Nothing means Nothing, not a stinking thing. Fear nothing. He says, don't fear wild wolves in the night. 
nor flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at noon, even though others succumb all around you, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched. Watch it all, watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge. The high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. Now listen, here's the other, here's the other realm that we forget about. We for, we've forgotten about all this. In Psalm 91, he makes a promise to us that we need to recapture and understand. If we're going to live in the 3D world, we need to understand. Here it is. He gives or he orders orders his angels to guard your door. He gives you, he's ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. We need to go back and capture, recapture the promise of Psalm 91 because we live in a fear-filled world. We live in a, in a world that things are trying to scare us to do, into, into apathy and scare us into freaking out and scare us into putting our trust in other things and trying to do that. Listen, just recognize that he's given his his armies of angels charge over you. There are angels all around you and they're not just watching you. They're fighting for you. They're protecting you. They're watching your walk. They're watching your footsteps. They're guiding you. They're helping you. We need to go back and recapture that truth. You're not living life on your own. You don't have to be afraid. Uh, Julie posted something on her Facebook this week that uh, I think ties in. It's a quote from Elizabeth Elliot who said, Fear arises when we imagine everything depends on us. So we become afraid. But then that's that's the second thing that happens is when we become afraid... When fear overtakes us, when we, when we refuse to recognize that there's this unseen world and we begin to freak out and we become afraid, then that's the, that, that's the natural progression because when the, we have a failure to focus, then, then that leads us to flesh. When, when we don't see in this other realm and we're not aware that God is on our side and we don't recognize that he's put angels in charge of us, then we begin to, to trust flesh. Elisha's servant looks out and he, uh, he, he doesn't have any ability to see into the supernatural. And he, and he asks this question. He says, what shall we do? If I was Elisha, this is my response. This would have been my response. I'd say, we, you got a mouse in your pocket? Because we ain't doing nothing. We're not going to do anything. You, all we're going to do is we're going to do two things. We're going to pray and we're going to look again. So we're not going to do nothing. We, you don't have any sword big enough. You don't have an army to, in response big enough. In your own power, your own strength, you can't do diddly squat. So, so we aren't going to do nothing. And this morning I want to remind you that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. I, I, want, to, I want to remind you this, this morning, 
that one of the truths that we need to come back to is that it is not by might nor by power but it is by his spirit says the Lord of hosts. In other words, every time we discover that we are surrounded and we begin to freak out, our natural inclination is we want to take matters into our own hands. We begin to rely on flesh. I'll fight my own way out of this. I'll find my own solution. I'll find my own escape route. And Elijah's like, man, would you just stop? Don't, you don't have to do nothing. You don't have to worry. All we're going to do is stand here and see that what is surrounding us is surrounded by him. And that if he's for us, nobody can be against us. So we're just going to sit here and relax. That is not natural. Can I tell you? I can't get any witnesses in the room. That is not natural. When things aren't going the way we wanted them to go, and when things are crushing us and surrounding us, it is not natural to do this. Stand still and see the salvation of our God. Instead, what we want to do is we want to do our own thing. We cannot allow our lack of sight to cause us to take matters into our own hands. We have to see God so we will let God. We have to open our eyes. We have to let God rescue. God is in the business of rescuing. Our problem is, is that some of us never leave any room for God. So as soon as we feel surrounded, we start doing it on our own, man. If I'm surrounded by debt, man, I'll get another card. And then we wake up six months later and we discover now we're doubly surrounded. Our idea was stupid. Only me? Only, only me. I'm the only one in here that's ever felt surrounded. Made a decision trying to get myself out of being surrounded and discovered I was pretty stupid. That now instead of one army surrounding me, I got two. Right? Anybody else experience that? What, what I've discovered is, is if I will just stand still and take him at his word and open my eyes, I will recognize that if I leave room for him to work, he always does. But why would he work if you're trying to outwork him? Okay. Okay. So this is why it is so important then that when Elisha's servant could not see, he had Elisha to help him see. Now, this sounds like a contradiction contradiction of what I've just said, but it's not because I've just said that when you're surrounded, if you're not careful, you will turn to flesh. Notice the contradiction. You can't rely on flesh, but you need people who have fine-tuned their ability to see what you can't see. I don't know about you, but I've discovered in my own life that I have blind spots. And I got to have people in my life that can see what I can't see. Because if I don't have people to see what I can't see, then I will make stupid decisions and I'll get myself in further trouble. Some of us keep getting ourselves in dumb places, surrounded places, painful places, simply because we won't let anybody come into our life and see what we can't see. So the servant had somebody he could turn to and he turns to to Elisha and he he says, what are we going to do? And he says, just be still. Don't move. Don't use the card. 
don't post. Don't, don't fight back. Don't respond. Don't freak. Just stand still and watch. We need folks that will help us see that our surrounders are surrounded. Because I've also learned this, when you're surrounded, it's hard to see. Because all you see is what's right there in front of you and it's freaking you out. So you've got to have spiritual brothers and sisters in your life that have this ability to focus beyond what your focus is on and say to you, hey, bro, I know you're, you're under it right now and I know you want to give up right now, but just hang on because I, I, I don't know what you're seeing, but what I'm seeing is I'm seeing God at work for you. And, and, and if you would just adjust your, your view and look up a little bit and get your head from being beat down, and I know you've been beat down, but for just a moment, could you just look and recognize that in the background, God has been pulling the strings and God's been orchestrating and God's been working and He's not against you. He's not fighting against you. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't forgot you. He's just hanging out in the distance waiting until you become desperate enough and patient enough and rely on Him enough that, that if you'll just hang on, He's on His way. Yeah. Yeah. And He's given His angels charge over you. And I don't know about you, but I need people like that in my life because I have this really bad tendency that I can only see what I see. And I'm distracted, I'm distracted by details. Like that, that, that Kleenex box is turned the wrong way. But I need somebody that can come along and see beyond. And the good news this morning is that all around you, sitting around you right now, are people that God has positioned and placed in this congregation and in your life to try to help you to see beyond what you see. Because I only see the debt, and I only see the pain, and I only see the sickness, and I only see the turmoil, and I only see the problem, and I only see the challenge, and I only see... And and we've got to have these people that we come to church with on Sundays and that we do life with, and they go, just hang on, look up there, bro, you missed it, did you see it? I know you just went through something, did you? see it though? Do you see him? He's right there. He's right behind it. I know what's around you is big, but, but, but listen, around them is bigger. And so there's a God is coming. He, he's setting you up for a blessing. I know it feels like a setback, but he's setting you up for a blessing. Just hang on. If we ever would rely on, on flesh like that, instead of relying on our own flesh, we would be able to see. So this morning, my prayer is simply this. I, I, would venture to guess that there are some folks in this room that feel surrounded that life has come around you with unforeseen, unexpected undesired circumstances and the forces seem to have gathered and everywhere you turn and everywhere you look, defeat. And everywhere you look, there's dismay. And everywhere I look, there's no way out. I'm completely and totally surrounded. And you came into service this morning ready to do this. Throw your hands up and surrender and quit. You came into service this morning scared. 
You came in this morning ready to do your own thing, trying to find a way out. And I think maybe God sent us together on a very cold morning to remind us that we are surrounded but in a whole different realm and what has surrounded us and confused us and hurt us and caused us pain in the natural is completely enveloped and encompassed by the forces of God and all we have to do is say I trust God I am safe in him Will you stand with me this morning? Father, I pray this morning that as we do what Elisha said to do, we stop and we pray and we open our eyes. I pray that this morning together, collectively and individually as well, you would help us to see better than we saw when we first got here. Father, I pray that as we hesitate and pause for a moment, that you would open our eyes open our eyes all week long Father all we've seen are the things that are gathered the forces that are gathered against us but this morning I pray that you would enable us to come to this moment where we open our eyes and are able to see what surrounds our surrounders. May we put our trust in you again, O oh God. So that we see victory. I ask you to accomplish this in Jesus' name. If you're here this morning, it's been... It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.